Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, celebrity gossip enthusiasts. I'm Travis Cronin, and you're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. Today, I'm joined by um, two lovely ladies and, you know, sometimes lovely co-hosts when they want to be, when they're not drinking at a wedding. Um, first, we have the red-haired ballerina, Gwen Flamberg. I'm always nice and rarely drink at weddings. That's not true. <laughs> That is definitely not true. And uh, we have Miss Sarah, the musical, the series here on. Hello, I'm back. My voice is a little hoarse. I'm working on it, you guys, Um, but happy to be here. There's a lot to discuss. Yes, there is a lot to discuss this week. We have uh, some head-turning new couples, a hot Playboy model 45 years later, a very revealing tell-all that's not revealed yet, a very modern proposal, and a film festival flub. But before we get into all of these, let's start with our woes of the week. Welcome back, Miss Formerly Baby Girl, Miss Sarah Huron. What made you go woe this week? Well, first, I would like to say happy birthday, Prince George. He is eight today, looking just like Prince William in that new portrait. If you are not watching us on YouTube, you can't see my adorable Prince George mug that I'm drinking tea out of. But more importantly, we need to talk about everything that's going on with Tarek El Musso and Christina Hack. Um, You know, I've never seen an episode of Flip or Flop, but that doesn't stop me from being obsessed with these messy people and all the real estate people dating and the Heather Ray Young of it all and now the freaking Renee Zellweger. But to go back, um, Christina and Tarek still film their show Flip or Flop, even though they broke up like three years ago. And according to TMZ and several other outlets who confirmed, these two had a a dispute on set recently that included Tarek calling Heather, I mean, calling Christina, excuse me, a washed up loser and comparing her to his fiance, Heather Ray Young, saying, quote, allegedly, it's called winning. The world knows you're crazy. Um, now, allegedly, this dispute started because Tarek was upset about all of Christina's recent confessions about her new boyfriend, Joshua Hall, including the fact that she smoked a buffalo toad or whatever the hell is going on with that. Um, and Christina, they have not directly responded to this, but Christina did take to Instagram to share a selfie with Joshua and wrote, quote, ride or die. Some people are lucky enough to get 
forever the first time, but no one should be shamed for things not working out and no one knows what goes on behind closed doors. Remember that before making judgments and assumptions. And this woman slash mama is lucky enough to have this man choose me. Uh, that first of all, that allegedly, it sounds exactly like it came from Tarek's mouth. So the allegedly <laughs> is real weak there. Um, what is a buffalo toad and how does one smoke one? Well, according to a doctor that spoke to People Magazine, quote, imagine any peak experience you've had in your life where time and all your thinking sort of goes away. Imagine multiplying that times 100. And that's sort of how psychedelics and this toad experience, this 20 minute experience that Christina took, maybe helped her feel better. This was apparently for her anxiety. It's how she met Joshua. I mean, a lot to unpack. Wow, that is a lot to unpack, and I am flabbergasted. I feel like I've just taken a hit off of a buffalo toad. Um, well, Gwen Flamberg, what made you go woe this week? You guys, did you see Sports Illustrated and all of their covers with inclusive models? Like, my favorite is Megan Thee Stallion on the cover of Sports Illustrated with her curves and looking fantastic. And what also made me go, whoa, is that there is a video where Tyra Banks, Miss oh my America's Next Top Model host herself, is coaching Megan Thee Stallion on how to be a model. And fans are freaking out because Tyra's wearing like an evening gown in the hot tub. And they're like, why, girl, why? But I just loved the whole like the whole modelness of it. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. You guys know what to do. Go to usmagazine.com slash stylish to read all about it, see the photos, see the video, and see some of the other cover stars of Sports Illustrated, including Naomi Osaka, which I think is also like really, really cool. Uh, Lena Bloom, the first trans girl from Pose. I've been such a fan of hers. She is so hot, beautiful, amazing. Loved her cover. But yes, Tyra Banks was in a hot tub with Megan Thee Stallion, who was, Megan Thee Stallion was in a bathing suit, which is, you know, what one typically wears. Well, also Um, for the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Yeah. I just, I couldn't believe that she wore that gown. You just know it's soaking wet, like from the boobs down. It's ridiculous and just a beautiful gift and really why we do what we do. Thanks a lot, Tyra and Megan for that. An honorable mention to David Dobrik's assistant, Natalie, who was one of the rookies of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit this year. She looks great. Oh, good for you, Natalie. You definitely need the work now. (laughs) All right. Well, my woe of the week, um, I'm just going to start off with a quote. You guys have no idea what I've been living through. No idea what I've been through. This was said by Erica Girardi, the pretty mess this week, um, who revealed a lot on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this week about her ongoing legal struggles. More importantly, about Tom Girardi or her soon-to-be official ex-husband's mental capacity now that he is under conservatorship, the word of 2021. So she talked about Tom's car accident, and she says, Tom's had a car accident, which is true, which I didn't tell you the rest of it, she told Kyle Richards. She said, as a result of the crash, his ankle was broken, and he was also unconscious for 12 hours, but no one knows that. He had a head injury, broke his shoulders, snapped his ankle, and broke his clavicle, she said. He drove off a cliff. 
Erica Jane then explained how he rolled down the hill and was separated from the car when she found him, and she believed he was driving home and made a wrong turn down a windy road. The Hollywood Hills will do that to you. When he finally called me, I said, where have you been? I was always just assuming he was with some other woman, she told her castmates. Um, and then in her confessional later, she said, I've been a bimbo gold digging trophy wife. Now, all of a sudden, I'm a financial mastermind that has her finger on the pulse of everything. Shout out to my mom for really saying this beforehand, that we used to think that she was just sort of a pop star. And now we think she is intertwined in all the finances and legal abilities. But I mean, this really just made me go, whoa, this week, Sarah, you must have some thoughts being a huge Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fan. Travis, I have so many thoughts. And the story she told about this car crash, which we they had flashbacks to when she originally told the women in 2017, when she said he just broke his ankle. But yeah. the story was very confusing. She was kind of all over the place. Then it led into these cheating allegations of her claiming that ever since she looked at his phone, since Yolanda and David Foster got divorced, she found all of these like text messages and Coward was like, well, why didn't you leave? And she was like, well, where would I go? And there was just so many allegations being thrown at the wall that it was very hard to follow. And it's starting everyone wondering, like, is Erica telling the truth? There's all this talk about her mascara tears. And one of Tom's former legal consultants went on Heather McDonald's podcast and was like, what is this acting? Like straight up just accused her of acting. And I don't know what to believe because I don't know what Erica knew. But what I do know is that this isn't working. Whatever the strategy is here, it's not working. It's confusing. The tears look fake. As everyone's pointed out, she's a one to wear sunglasses. She knows about waterproof mascara. It feels fake. And the only play here is to express remorse. And she hasn't done that once. She hasn't said one thing about how, if this is true, if Tom did this, I can't believe that I could have accidentally contributed. She's not said one thing about the poor victims and orphans and plane crash families of plane crash victims. The stories aren't adding up. And she looks so, they all look so sick supporting her and she's in the promo saying where did all the money go like girl to your singing career what do you mean where did the money go gwen flamberg arbiter beauty and style do you think that erica jane even though she is the face of two face better than sex mascara which is not waterproof do mm -hmm. you think that she would have known or she would have worn you know waterproof mascara worn the sunglasses what were your thoughts looking at this I did think that it was a little bit of thirst for attention there because she knows exactly how to put herself together so as to not show emotion and she really wanted to emote in this moment for all. Like, I don't want to agree with Camille Grammer ever, but as Camille <laughs> Grammer pointed out, when they were in the Bahamas crying and she was in the ocean, there was no mascara all over Erica's face. This is a little too curated for me. Oh, very yeah. curated. Good word, Sarah Heron. It is very curated. You're such an effing liar, Sarah Huron, to quote, ah. you know, Kyle Richards at Camille. Well, we will be getting into more of this next week because Erica Jane has to put up all of her financial documents to the court by this week. We are very excited. There are a few legal documents I like better than a rundown of assets. So we will be breaking all of those down next week. Well, it's Britney again, bitch. The gospel, you know, of Britney has been preached according to the book of Exodus conservatorship. May the peace of the Lord be with you. 
but it's actually may the Lord wrap your mean ass up in joy, says Britney Spears. This is her uh, quoting of Exodus against her sister, Jamie Lynn Spears. Jamie Lynn Spears posted a photo of her looking very cute, um, a snake, but very cute in a red dress where she said, may the peace of the Lord be with you. Peace sign heart emoji. And then Britney said, it's actually may the Lord wrap your mina, mean ass up in joy. Jamie Lynn then quickly edited the words, take all of them out and only keep the peace and love emojis. Now, this is on the heels of Britney finally speaking out um, of her ongoing conservatorship on social media. We've seen her talk in court saying that she would like to sue her entire family, but now she is clearly in charge of her own Instagram and she is not backing down. Um, she said, and I quote, in that moment, that's what I felt it was the easiest to say, but I think we all know that I will never be able to let go and fully move on until all that I needed to say is say, and I'm not even close. I was told to stay quiet about things for so long and I finally feel free. I'm just getting there. Now, a source told us that Brittany is fighting back now because she feels supported for the first time. She feels that she has the power. The source says the Free Brittany movement finally gave her her voice back and she felt like she wasn't alone. Now, she hasn't been able to make any personal or financial decisions without the approval of her father for more than a decade, but that seems to be taking a turn. Her lawyer resigned. She has got a new court-appointed attorney who is saying some really good things about her. And the source says Brittany has tried several times before to get her life back, but no one would listen. Now that Brittany has found her voice, there is no stopping her. It's been building up for so long and she's ready to unleash on those that have held her away from her own life. She wants the world to know what her dad is doing. Now, what are your guys' thoughts on her ripping Jamie Lynn Spears, you know, a new one through the Bible of Brittany? <laughs> I thought that it was very apropos that it would be through the Bible. I think that the family, you know, is um, God-fearing, or at least Jamie Lynn is, after she had that accident. But, you know, I think that this was really telling because for the first time after all these years, we are seeing how Brittany really feels about her whole family and that she has felt betrayed and she has felt left out and like iced out and like on her own and alone. And, you know, personally, I'm just kind of happy to see Brittany be fierce. I'm happy to see her find her strength. I'm happy to see her find her voice. I just, you know, as we keep talking about week after week, I really hope that at the end of the day, this goes her way and she gets the freedom that she's seeking. And I'm, I'm not sure that that's going to happen. And that has me very feeling very nervous. I agree. I've had so many questions about Jamie Lynn and their brother and where they stood on all of this. And it's right. always kind of seemed like maybe they had her back, especially Jamie Lynn. She would yeah. say, you know, I've been there the whole time. I'm there behind the scenes. You guys don't know. Um, but it seems like maybe she was on the payroll more than she let on. There's a lot going on there. My favorite part of this whole thing was when Brittany shaded Jamie Lynn's tribute to her at the Radio Disney Music Awards a few years ago. <laughs> oh, and was do like, you want I the didn't quote? 
Yes, I would like I to I don't quote. like my sister, that my sister showed up to an award show and performed my songs to remixes. Six explanation points. And then if you go back and watch the clip, like Britney does look pretty horrified in the crowd <laughs> at that Radio Disney Music Awards. And it's just, there's so much, there's just so much there. And it's sad, but it's also like, I, I mean, I believe Britney. So sorry, sorry, Zoe 101, I'm out on you. <laughs> This was sort of the first time I was really, uh, I didn't think Jamie Lynn was doing her wrong for a long time. It seemed like Jamie Lynn was on her side, but I guess that's just because she has like a kind face and was on Zoe 101 that like I was believing her. But after Britney is, you know, shading her and throwing all these allegations out, it really seems that no one in their family was ready for Britney. And you're right. She was horrified when Jamie Lynn performed those. And then I watched a clip of them backstage and Britney has that horrible, like fake smile where she's like, it was so great. Which totally makes sense because if they did have her back, like I don't think we would have been in this situation. Like they can say they were trying whatever, but I feel like if that was my sibling and I was watching my dad, like, I don't know, there's so many like families are complicated, but like, I just, it's clear that they weren't, you know, listening to her or they weren't paying close enough attention because this doesn't make any sense if they were. And Jamie Lynn wasn't muzzled by a court order. Right. <laughs> you know, she could have spoken out and maybe her dad would have cut off her payroll. We do not know yet, but if the trajectory of things goes the way it's going, we will know all. Prince Harry is writing a book and it's bound to reveal a lot of royal sequels, secrets that will further embarrass the royal family. This unexpected twist, Prince Harry's upcoming memoir has sent shockwaves through the royal family and sources are telling us how they feel. The source says the royal family is shaken up about the book, noting that Prince Charles and Prince Williams are, quote, particularly concerned about what Prince Harry will reveal. Um, which are bad enough already. The insider adds they haven't received a copy yet because it's not written. So they don't know what to expect. Um, it's making them nervous. Now, this book is going to be published by Penguin Random House and is expected to hit shelves in late 2022. And Prince Harry gave us a little statement and he said, I'm writing this not as the prince I was born, but as the man I've become. I've worn many hats over the years, both literally and figuratively. Love that. And my hope is that in telling my story, the highs and lows, the mistakes, the lessons learned, I can help show that no matter where we come from, we have more in common than we think. And the publisher's description of the book says it will be a quote, the definitive account of the experiences, adventures, losses, and life lessons that have helped shape the former military pilot's point of view. Ah, new name. We great for writing stories. Um, Prince Harry will offer an honest and captivating personal portrait, one that shows readers that behind everything they think they know lies an inspiring, courageous, and uplifting human story. Now, let us wildly speculate about what he is going to be saying. Do you think he's going to trash the royal family a lot? Do you think they have gotten that sort of out there and he's going to talk about everything else? When playing the royal file, tell us what he's going to say. I really think, especially because he framed this as not the prince I was born as, but the man I have become, is a hint that there is going to be a lot of negative stuff kind of spewed in this book. What I want to hear in his own words is about his childhood with Princess Diana when she was alive. Damn. Truly hear in his own words, which we've never really 
heard in detail or with emotion how he felt about her death at the time of her death when he was a boy and how that shaped him. But the man that he's become is largely because of the woman who he married. And I'm really afraid that there is going to be a lot of trashing going on here. And, you know, don't do this to your grandmother has like, come on, be cool. Make it nice. Like you've aired it. You aired it with, with, you know, on CBS. Come on, keep it under wraps. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. To, I think I think we're in for it. To quote Catherine McPhee in Smash, you know I love a scandal. But I feel like I, I'm sort of, I've heard what the royal family has done. I want to hear his experience. But I would more like insight into his life versus wrongdoing against Meghan. I think that I feel the same way I did about the CBS thing where it's like, it makes me really sad, but I'm addicted to drama. So like, I Mm. do need this, but it's definitely just going to make things worse for everyone in the actual family and probably his likability in amongst the British people, which continues to go down. But I think the person who needs to watch out is Charles, because in a lot of the interviews that Harry has done solo without Meghan, whether it be Armchair Expert or the Apple TV Plus series, it's a lot about kind of blaming Charles for not wanting to fix mistakes that he experienced and how Harry is now going to change his parenting styles based on his dad being a bad dad, basically. So if that's, you know, the prince he was born to be who he is today, which is a father, I think that there's going to be a lot of Charles slander. I do too. Gwen, as a royal file, you know, do you think Charles has sort of any redeeming qualities in this particular story? I doubt it. Um, You know, for any of us who've watched The Crown, I think that it's easy for us to see that Charles himself was effed up by his family or, you know, I doubt that that was fiction. I think that Sarah is entirely right. I think that a lot of the ire will be swung towards Charles, blaming Charles for Diana's death, blaming Charles for the coldness that the family has experienced and, you know, going onwards into what made Harry want to split. But, you know, I just don't think it's like whenever you hear anybody talk badly about somebody else, it reflects poorly on the person who's who's slinging the trash. Right. Like it's it's just kind of like move on, move on. Uh, Well, speaking of move on slinging trash, Sarah Huron, what can you tell us about Hayden Panettiere and her horribly abusive alcoholic, allegedly ex-boyfriend, Brian Heckerson? Oh, yes. A sad development for our girl Hayden. Um, So over the last couple of years, Hayden and Brian have been in this on and off relationship. He has been arrested for domestic violence more than once. Most recently, he had to turn himself into men's central jail in Los Angeles by May 7th, which he did. And then he was released later that month. And now these two have been spotted together. Us Weekly confirmed they were out in Los Angeles at Justin Quesos and then a cup to line dance. And then a few days later, they met up to watch the NBA finals. Um, there was reports that they were drinking and Hayden is sober. So then Brian released a statement to E! News saying to clarify, I was enjoying a beer. Hayden was not drinking. We went to a new Texas, a new restaurant that is Texas based and being a Southern guy, I'm a big fan of country music. So yes, there was some line dancing involved. Hayden and I are not back together, but working on a friendship. We have a long history together. And the first step in my recovery as an abuser is making amends. That's exactly what Hayden has been graciously has been gracious enough to allow me to do. Go run, Hayden, run. Run, run. She has really weird and terrible taste in men. 
and short legs, it's going to be hard to run away. I mean, it's just like, I, you know, I guess good for him for recognizing himself as an abuser, but I, it's hard to, you know, trust that he's only got out of jail a few months ago. Yeah. And just, I'm sorry, the like smirk on his face and the statements he gives scream abuser, you know, Lauren with some honey to slap her in the face with some vinegar. It's just, it's bad. And I really want him gone and out of poor little Hayden's life. I know. Especially when she's in recovery and he's like, oh, oh, I cannot. We have an update on Renee Zellweger and Aunt Anstead. She is moving stuff into his place, a source reveals in the new issue of Us Weekly. They say Renee is already moving things into Aunt's house. Um, he and Aunt adores her and makes her feel safe. And the source has said that she's already met his youngest child. Now, just in case you need a little background, the pair was first linked after um, he finalized his divorce from Christina Hack. They met through filming an episode of Celebrity IOU Joyride. Um, And while the romance is new, a source tells us that it's already gotten serious enough for her to meet his youngest child, Hudson. The source says Renee has met his youngest and she's great with kids and it warms Anne's heart to see her be so good with him. Now she's moving stuff into his Laguna Beach house. Are we still, are we still shipping? I sort of sank it, but how do we feel about this moving in, meeting the kids? Gwen, you look happy about it. I, I totally ship. I think that when you are a certain age as Renee is, There's no time to waste. Like if you're into somebody, you're into them. And these are people with means that's like move in. If It's not like, you know, somebody like a 24 year old girl who's obsessed with a bad boy who she shouldn't really be dating. And she gives up her rent controlled apartment in New York City to move in with them. When it blows up three months later, she's screwed, right? That's very specific, Gwen. Who hurts you? I don't know. (laughs) You know, asking for a friend. But I think for them, like Renee, go all in. If this is going to be just like four months of fun and happiness, enjoy it. Like do just Renee, you deserve happiness. You deserve a romantic relationship that that fulfills you. Live it up. I ship. I believe I shipped for the mess factor. So I still ship for that since we're clearly seeing Tarek and Christina have some drama. Let's get um, Ant on set of flipper flop. See what we can work around here. Um, And this doesn't I don't know how I if I how I feel about this. It's probably not a good idea, but it doesn't surprise me because if we learned anything from this, you know, rectangle of people involved, they love to move on very quickly. They're quick to call someone their ride or die. They're quick to get remarried. They're quick to get divorced. And I can't wait to see, I want Renee to get involved in this, in this real estate mess. So let's go. I think Gwen's right that when you hit a certain age, you know what you want. It's time to move in. You like it. There ain't no time to waste. So, you know, they're sort of growing on me that, you know, everyone in Hollywood moves lightning fast. This sort of seems right. Well, let's stick on the Love Lives train and talk about our unconventional engagement. Joshua Jackson, also known from whatever show you watched him growing up, Percy, I don't know, that string theory one on Fox, however you like him, um, is married to gorgeous Jodie Turner-Smith. And he revealed on Jimmy Fallon that she was the one who proposed to him. 
He said that, quote, she asked me, yeah, on New Year's Eve, we were in Nicaragua. Shout out to Nicaragua. I love it there. It was a very beautiful, incredibly romantic. We were walking down the beach and she asked me to marry her. There was like a preamble. It was like a lead up to it. I didn't know it was coming, but she was quite adamant and she was right. This is the best choice I ever made. Now they tied, I know, they tied the knot in December 2019 and they welcomed their first daughter, Janie, in April 2020. And I just think it is so great. He's speaking out about the medical system's track against Black women. He really is like living that life and embodying it. And I just think it's beautiful that, you know, she proposed to him. What do you guys think? I think there is absolutely nothing wrong with a woman proposing to a man. I think that we need to normalize that. And I think that there should be more of that in the world. I personally also think that Jodie Turner-Smith can do absolutely nothing wrong. She's one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood and also outspoken and brilliant. So, I mean, I'm all, I'm all into this. I love this pairing. Um, I think that people sort of thought that it was an unlikely pairing at the beginning, but they're actually like the best couple in Hollywood. Super into them. I like Agreed. them too. I love Joshua Jackson, Pacey Witter forever. And Pacey I see forever. Pacey Who cared forever. about Dawson? Pacey not me. Forever. Certainly Same. not me. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> Dawson, Pacey forever. But yeah, um, Dawson just makes you sick. Yeah, Dawson makes me sick. Sorry, James Vanderbeek. Um, but I just also think it's so interesting that because he was with Diane Kruger for all that time and they like kind of were on the whole thing of like, we don't want to get married. We don't need to. And they were together forever. And then they broke up and she immediately got with Norman Reedus and had a kid. And then he married Jody and had a kid. And I just like love when that happens for both of them. Cause it's always kind of sad when like one person in the relationship, they break up and they kind of stick to the, Oh, I never wanted to get married. And then all of a sudden the next person like turns around and like starts a new life with them. But it was nice that both of them found, found happiness. Sarah Huron, what can you tell us about the Roni shakeup? There is a lot of rumors, a lot of stuff going down, a sort of lackluster season is from where I'm sitting. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, the season, the ratings are down. It's not its best by any means. Um, there's a lot of blame game being played um, behind the scenes of Roni. And it kind of sounds like behind the scenes drama is much more interesting than what we're seeing on screen. Um, we have one source that has told us that the reunion date has been pushed back. There is no date in place. They're talking September, but they were looking forward to wrapping the show in August um, and then starting the new season in the fall. But now they don't have a new schedule for the reunion or to start filming the new season. Um, one source told us that there's talks of a shakeup in the production company. Let's just say nobody's sh- safe, but no official Decisions on cast have been made until after the reunion. Um, One source also noted that producers don't like the chemistry between the cast. They're wondering if they should go back with the old and in with the new. They should go out with the old and in with the new, meaning that Sonia, Luann, and Ramona on the chopping block. Tinsley Mortimer is also in talks to come back, but nothing is set in stone. Leah and Ebony seem to be safe, but producers are looking to throw in new cast members. They want the chemistry to be there, so they're taking their time and searching, which is why there's been a delay in filming. Another source, however, says the OGs aren't scared at all. They've been through this before. If any of the OGs are fired, the show is likely to lose a lot of fans and the ratings would be even lower. The network is weighing all the options, including putting the show on a hiatus or canceling it. So basically, the you know, Ramona, Luann, and Sonia probably are blaming more of Ebony and Leah for the viewers not liking them. Ebony and Leah are more like, we're trying to bring in a new group of fans and storylines. Personally, I, I like Ebony as a person a lot. I think her storylines have been a little lackluster. It's not her fault. I think they kind of, there was too much pressure put on her to like educate these women 
um, as the first black cast member. Leah, I'm really over. I didn't like her that much last season and I really don't like her now. Um, and I, I can't lose my Ramona LeMann and Sonia though, because I watching them be silly is all I really want from Roni. Agreed. But I mean, putting it on hiatus is sort of a dramatic turn, but Roni was so amazing for the two seasons before this. And now it's just not that great to watch or interesting. I'm really only about Potomac or Beverly Hills right now and forgotten New York existed. Um, I, just, but the just good like, news is Orange County had a very rough couple years and then we don't know how it's going to shake out, but they put that on hiatus. And then now right. they're bringing us back Heather to We're hearing about these new people joining and we don't, we haven't seen it yet, but I have high hopes for that. So maybe what Roni really does do, need to do is hit pause and think about what's going on here. Well, we all know the best way the best way to get over someone is to get under someone, which explains why Jeff Bezos was caught riding a giant <laughs> dick rocket um, into space following his breakup with Mackenzie Scott. The two last an impressive 11 minutes together. Now, I think all of us have seen online this very phallic-shaped space rocket launched into space. And I just want to know, what were your hot takes about Jeff Bezos riding that thing around and coming back to ground? Well, first of all, I really would love if somebody would interview him about the design of the rocket. And like, did he intentionally make it look like a giant dick? I mean, I think that he must have simply to kind of like piss everybody off. Like he knew that everybody would be talking about it looking like a giant dick and making memes with Dr. Evil. I mean, obviously he did that on purpose. The best thing to come out of that um, space jaunt, because by the way, you guys, all of these rocket trips, Bezos and also Sir Richard Branson, who by the way, I would, I would, I would, I would ride a rocket with him anytime. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of don't really go to space. They like leave the Earth's atmosphere a little bit. But like, I'm sorry, if you're not far enough out in space to see the whole Earth, are you really in space? No. Nah. But here was the best part about the Bezos trip. Blue whatever, right? Wally Funk, you guys. Two words. Balls. Wally <laughs> Funk. Wally Funk, the 80-year-old female now astronaut who got to have her little space ride, she was denied by NASA for years and years and years. Wally Funk got to space, sort of. She even was like, I thought we were going to be able to see the Earth, but we couldn't. Um, and she was really awesome. And that was what I loved more than anything about that, um, the whole story. I mean, the press conference was really something. The other thing that I discovered is that Jeff Bezos's brother, Mark, is a smoke show, smoking hot. <laughs> I saw him at the press conference. I was like, is he single? But then he thanked his wife for allowing him to like do this crazy thing. So he's not, but he's a smoke show. He's hot. Sarah, did you have any phallic thoughts about this rocket? I mean, I'm always here for the memes. Um, I loved everyone talking about Xenon girl, the 21st century, who was, you know, my first woman in space. Um, and also everyone talking about how like Jeff Bezos redefined a midlife crisis. And now this is the new version. Um, so yeah, that was my, my biggest takeaway. I am always here for memes. Oh, uh, bless it for it is good.
Well, move over Steve Harvey because Spike Lee has sort of taken the reins. I know that Gwen Flamberg has seen it and I'm sure that Sarah ha has the fashion at the Cannes Film Festival where the most gorgeous gowns were happening. All the celebrities were there. Ooh la la, glamour, glamour, glamour. Uh, Spike Lee was one of the members of the jury but caused a commotion at the end ceremony when he announced the winner of the Palme d'Or Award um, when he wasn't supposed to. He announced it first and like unveiled the winner early in the awards ceremony it was supposed to be the big one at the end. He addressed this and said, quote, I'm a big sports fan. I'm like the guy at the end of the game who misses a free throw or a kick. No apologies. The people of Titan, the movie that won, spoiler alert, um, and forget about it, Spike. This means a lot to me. Fellow jur jury members, um, thank you. This was an injection of humanity into the middle of the ceremony. I, I don't know if that was like an apology, but I don't know why I'm so obsessed with when people read the wrong names at awards <laughs> ceremony. Shout out to uh, Moonlight and La La Land as well. I just think it's fantastically hilarious. Did you guys see this? Did you have any thoughts about Spike Lee? I, I, here's the thing. He doesn't need to apologize because he's Spike Lee. And I think it's all good. And it was a woman who won the Palm d'Or, which was historic. And listen, more than anything, Khan gave me life because the red carpet really brought glamour back. And if you guys want to hear about that, please listen <laughs> to our Glam Squad Confidential podcast, where in the current episode on Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere where you listen to your podcast, we talked to Adir Abergel, Hollywood hair guru, who styled several of the A-listers at Con, Experience Con, and explains to us why Glamour is back and what hair trends you're going to be seeing for fall influenced by this return to Glamour. Let's go to the boxing ring because it's time for Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we have some very fun and uh, a, a little bit up there in age people who have taken to this uh, AARP inspired boxing match. The first one, Sarah Huron, is to you. We have Lisa Rinna, who is 58 this week, versus uh, Mr. Richard Simmons, who is 73 this week. Oh, wow. fighting words. Think about the, the videos they could make together. Uh, um, the workout videos? Yes, but that would require Richard Simmons to leave his house. So we're going to give it to Miss Lisa Renna, who is always down. She would probably do a real celebrity birthday boxing thing to make a buck. <laughs> she probably would. And then maybe his maid who's keeping him hostage would come and beat Lisa Renna for him. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Um, um, Gwen Flamberg, next one is to you. Uh, Sir Patrick Stewart is 81 this week uh, versus David Hasselhoff, who is the golden year, 69 this week. I mean, this is really, really tough because you have like Captain Kirk from Star Trek New Enterprise or whatever the heck it was called. And you have David Hasselhoff, who's like maybe the best lifeguard ever to grace the beaches, but also a little kooky and... Sir Patrick uh, has an accent, so I'm just going to give it to him. The last match, Sarah Heron, I think you're going to like at least half of this one. Ryan Austin Green, 48 this week, versus Will Ferrell, 54 this week. Oh. Wow. Interesting. David Silver and Elf. Um, the star you know, of Eurovision? 
Yeah. Uh, Will Ferrell has a lot already. So let's give it to Brian Austin Green. He's had a rough year, you know? I, I think that is the right decision, Sarah. He's had a lot of adversity this year. Gwen Flamberg, there is a menage a trois in the boxing ring and Lisa Rinna's in the middle of Sir Patrick Stewart, 81, and Brian Austin Green, 48, who is taking home this imaginary trophy. I believe that Lisa Rinna would just mesmerize both gentlemen with her fabulous lips, her ginormous lips with her proprietary lip kits, which again, if you want to read all about them, go to usmagazine.com slash stylish. But she would just like kiss them both and knock them both out. And Lisa Rinna takes the prize. Congratulations, Sarah. Um, Make sure I quote this right. She's just... uh, a big lips and iconic hair. What's what's the quote? Something like that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yep. She's just big lips and iconic hair. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Congratulations to Lisa Rinna, 58, for winning the boxing match. And thank you to my hosts, Sarah and Gwen, for helping me spill all of this piping hot celebrity this week. This is Travis Cronin on Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. It's your weekly peek into the glamour, glitter, fashion, fame of your favorite celebrities. After all, they're, they're just, just like us. us. Wow. Very like a chorus. Don't forget to come back next week for more. Thank you, guys. Thank you.